I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic. My family has always been Catholic. Is there something more to the Christian life than religiosity and deeply guarded tradition? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkesbury in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you missed the radio program, then you can just look for it on God's, the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Those will be uploaded at 9 a.m. every Sunday where these uh, will be found, other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Gab, YouTube, at God's Resistance. And you can spell that G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. You can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. I do also want to tell you that for those of you in the Valley, in the Wyoming Valley, we have services right now, weather permitting, at 11 a.m. in the public square in downtown Wilkesbury. And uh, also 6 p.m. Kirby Park. If you go in the parking lot and uh, you take that pathway to the left, you will find a pavilion that is right to the back of the baseball fields. And at 6 p.m. on Sundays there, we will be having a very informal Bible study to any that are interested. So I just wanted to let you know that. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. We've been doing a series on encounters with Christ. People encounter a whole lot of things in their life, and they've documented it. They've written books about it. And the most important thing for us is our encounter with God, our encounter with Christ. And what are we going to do with that? We looked at two already. We looked at the encounter of some of the early disciples. We looked at an encounter of people that were at a wedding. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the encounter of a man whose name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was part of the Sanhedrin court. The Sanhedrin court was the highest religious court uh, of the Jews. And yet, he was a man that appears to be very much interested in Jesus. There's been a whole lot of buzz of Jesus and who he is. and. It has no doubt gone through, as we read, the normal people of society, but it's also created such a stir that the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, it's gotten on their radar, and they're trying to check things out because they have a very cherished, guarded tradition about how things go. They have spiritual books. They have teachers and whatnot that are supposed to be... um, you know, the ones you go to for spiritual answers. However, it appears to be at times the things that Jesus says and does is going against these spiritual leaders. So naturally, that's going to put Jesus on the radar. With Nicodemus, it doesn't appear to be that he's wholesale rejected Jesus 
as maybe some of the other people have uh, amongst the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders of that day, he seems to be a little bit more tender of heart and far more inquisitive about things. And we read that um, here in John chapter 3, and we're going to read John chapter 3, 1 through 21. I do want to say that this section here, this encounter with Christ, is probably most helpful for somebody that would say, I'm a Christian, I've gone to church you know, my whole life, or I'm a Catholic, or you identify as a Christian in some way or another, but perhaps you feel like there's something more. I will tell you that this will be a help to anybody that listens to it, uh, to help us realize how Jesus deals with people, what he sees in people. And sometimes we can get the idea that maybe Jesus only deals with certain types of people. The more we look at these encounters with Christ, we realize that Jesus is after anybody who wants to know the truth. And so here is a man, Nicodemus, that visits Jesus, and we're going to begin reading so you can follow along with me. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So there's his status. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time? into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I'm going to stop here and just kind of go through a little bit of what we've already read so that we don't lose it. But we, I had already mentioned this before, but let's just go through this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. This is the encounter. This man, Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he was held in very high esteem amongst the Pharisees, which were like the zealous class of reformers. They were born out of the Maccabean revolt. If you look in a Catholic Bible, they have what is called the Apocrypha, the book of First and Second Maccabees. You will find that they revolted against a leader called Antiochus Epiphanes. The, the man literally named, him, uh, named himself uh, God Manifest, Antiochus Epiphanes. Um, and he basically desecrated the Jews and did wicked and awful things. You can read about it in those books. And out of that, rose up a group of reformers from which the Pharisees had come. So they were zealous protectors of the law. That is where they came from. That's how they got their identity. And they thought they were doing a good work. They thought they were good people. The problem is, is that sometimes when we, when we do things out of reaction, we don't keep the truth of things in the center. So the reaction is, we don't want to be in that space uh, of where Antiochus Epiphany was, where he was taking the sacred things of God and dragging, dragging it in the dust. So instead, we're going to be so overly zealous about the things of truth that we get ourselves into the ditch on the other side of the road, and we don't understand still what the center truth is. The truth is, oftentimes, the truth is not found in the, in the reactions. Parts of it can be. 
But the truth is found above and beyond all the reactions. And we know here Jesus Christ is the truth according to the scriptures. Well, this man, Pharisee, ruler of the Jews, very high up there, he is coming to Jesus. He's taking the initiative. Uh, I've got to give the man the credit there. There may have been other people that were found in the Sanhedrin or that were part of the Pharisees that made no move at all. But there seems to be something in Nicodemus's heart that made him want to explore deeper than just, you know, this surface kind of experience of this Jesus that's preached out to the poor and done notable miracles. This man came to Jesus by the night, by nighttime. That's something that does show that he was kind of afraid to do this publicly because it was like he was trying to explore who is this guy? I need to meet with him. I need to know more about this man. And I don't want this to blow up all over the place and become something that it's not, or that I'm not currently intending it to be. I don't want it to be that, you know, the religious leaders find out I went and saw this man and then they accuse me of certain things. I need to go kind of check this out for myself. And so he does, and he does it at night. Oftentimes we do things at night we don't want other people to know about. We don't want other people to hear about. We do it at nighttime. So here it is with Nicodemus. He's doing this at nighttime. And when he goes to Jesus, he addresses him not as, you know, hey, guy that's been causing a stir and uproar around here. He addresses him as rabbi. That's pretty incredible because, especially in this culture and from a man like Nicodemus, they would work very hard to get the title of rabbi, meaning that you're some well-respected teacher. Here, Nicodemus comes to the man that's been causing such turmoil and trouble in the Jewish community, especially the religious leaders, and the first word that comes out of his mouth is rabbi. So he acknowledges with great respect this person, Jesus. He's not just some kind of fly-by-night person. He's somebody that's earned respect in the sight of Nicodemus. And here's what he says. We know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So miracles had, had taken place publicly. And Nicodemus is saying, it's impossible for you to do these miracles except that you come from God. And I wonder if he's hearkening back to some of the prophets in the Old Testament. God had allowed them to do some pretty miraculous things, and they were kind of the people that were a little bit aloof from society, and perhaps they didn't really fit into a specific mold. So maybe Nicodemus is thinking, this guy is sent from God. He's a prophet, at least. And not a lot of people like him, especially the religious leaders. And Nicodemus, maybe being a tender-hearted man, is looking at the situation and thinking, uh, when we read about the prophets in the Old Testament, it's kind of the same reaction. Uh, a lot of people didn't really care for the prophets. The prophets were hard to handle, and this Jesus man seems to be a little bit hard to handle, and yet intriguing. So he says, we know that you're a teacher and that you've come from God because there's no possible way you can do these miracles except that you come from God. Then Jesus answers a question that I don't think really left Nicodemus's lips at the moment, but Jesus seems to know it. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, 
unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So with the Pharisees and Sadducees, they would have prided themselves up of being those people that walked in the statutes and the laws of God and were ready for heaven. And Jesus is telling him, okay, you've recognized me as a teacher and somebody that's come from God. Now I'm going to give you a very frank and maybe hard to receive truth. He basically is saying, Nicodemus, you're not ready to go to heaven right now. I'm telling you that unless you are born again, or anyone for that matter is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now here you can imagine Nicodemus scratching his head and thinking, I've learned the law of Moses. I've grown up in this kind of an atmosphere. I've given my life to the study of God's word. And now here this man is coming and telling me that the prerequisite for me to enter the kingdom of God is to be born again. He's thinking, man, uh, I've been told so many other things. And you know, it's the same in our day. If you go to church, especially, I, I mean, a lot of times there's people that go to church, maybe just the, the high days, Christmas and Easter, special occasions, funerals, things like that. But then there's the others that go to church religiously. And they know how to say there's certain scripted prayers. Uh, they know the liturgy of the church. And yet, they seem to have very little depth. They may have met other people that seem to have a depth and don't know half as much of the things of the church as they do, and they're confused about it. You know, you can find your help right here in the man Nicodemus. He's confused about things too. And Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So now he's thinking, Jesus, these words you have to say are way too hard to swallow. What in the world are you talking about? He's not talking in the familiar language of the law that Nicodemus would have known, but telling him a concept. And Nicodemus is trying to grab, grab or, uh, his, or grapple um, this concept in his own mind and in his own heart. How can this happen? I'm old. I can't go back in my mother's womb. And Jesus answers, Truly, truly. He doesn't explain to him how or why. He just says to him, this is true. You may need to meditate on this. And that's a, that's a lesson for us, by the way. Jesus sometimes won't give us the frank, explicit answer of things, but gives us enough that if our heart's hungry and we want to search, we're going to have to do the digging. We're going to have to do the work. And he did that here for Nicodemus. So don't be discouraged. If it seems like Jesus is not giving you the flat-out answers right now, but look up into his face, do the searching yourself. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I'm going to stop there for a minute. What all he's talking about could be a couple different things here. He said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, that might mean Unless somebody has repented and been baptized, you know, like John the Baptist was doing in the water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. It could be conjectured that uh, unless one is born of water, he's talking about human birth and the water here is like the, uh, the, the fluid, the sack that the baby's in. Unless one is born naturally, obviously, and then born of the Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. So I'm not entirely positive what that is, but it seems to be the second option is more in line with this next part, which says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So you're born of the water, you're born of the flesh. That's a fleshly birth. 
and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So he's saying, I'm not talking about a physical birth, Nicodemus. I'm talking about a spiritual birth, and you must be born again in your spirit. So this seems to be where Jesus is going with this particular uh, phraseology that he's used in talking with this religious leader. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So he said, do not marvel, Nicodemus says, after Jesus tells him, yes, what's born of flesh is flesh and what's born of spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Born again. Don't be confused about this, Nicodemus. This isn't the part that you should be confused about. He says, think about the wind, Nicodemus. Maybe they were sitting on the top of a roof somewhere. That was like the thing they did in the culture back then where they talked. Maybe they're sitting somewhere outdoors and a wind, the wind blows by and he says, the wind blows where it wishes, Nicodemus. You can hear the sound of it, right? But you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. I can't see it. You know, you and I can think the same thing. I can hear wind. I can feel wind. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it's going, but I, I know it's there. And then he tells Nicodemus, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. There's not like some marked visible signs all the time that take place, but it's like, I know the Spirit has come into my heart and has changed me. I cannot give you forensic evidence, so to speak, but I know. I don't know how it happened. I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he's gone. I don't know any of that, but I know it happened. And he's trying to get Nicodemus into this because it seems to be Nicodemus has a very analytical mind. He was the, you know, part of the Jewish um, teachers and leaders of those time, and he was a well-respected teacher. And Jesus is trying to get him to grasp this concept. You must be born of the Spirit, Nicodemus. Nicodemus says to him, but how can these things be? How can this, how? He still can't grasp it. He can't get his head around it. And Jesus answers him and says, Are you the teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. So he says, Nicodemus, I thought you were supposed to have all of this figured out and put together. You're a teacher of Israel and you don't understand what I'm talking about. It's like Jesus is saying to him, all the studying in the world of books is not going to help you to get what I'm telling you, Nicodemus. This is a spiritual occurrence, a spiritual endowment, if you will, where the Spirit literally births a new life in you. This is not going to be found in the pages of your book, of your Jewish writers and rabbis. This is going to be found in a personal encounter with Christ, a personal encounter with God. And so Nicodemus is saying, How can these things be? And Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, this is a revelation that's going to come from God himself, divinely. This is not going to be uh, something you're going to figure out by learning and going through all those books. And that helps us today. You're not going to find God 
by just endless learning. You're going to find God by a heart that's open to him and receptive of whatever revelation he gives. Thank God he's given us the Bible, which is an objective truth, so you and I can get a uh, revelation by the Spirit through that word to our own heart. And that's what he's saying to Nicodemus. He's saying, listen, Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know. It seems to be he's saying, John the Baptist, myself, my disciples, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. He's not just saying you, Nicodemus, but he's saying you Pharisees, you Sadducees, you religious leaders, you're not receiving our testimony. We know what we're talking about, but you don't seem to receive it. And you know, it's still the same in these days. A lot of times religious leaders uh, in high church situations, they don't understand these things. But you go to the low farmer, you go to somebody like that who has got desperate before God, and they understand these truths, and they walk in these truths. And Jesus is saying, you're supposed to be the person that's got the answers, Nicodemus, but you don't. It's like he's taken Nicodemus and knocked him down notches. And I don't really think that Nicodemus is all touched and hurt in his pride. I think this man really wants to know the truth here. And that's evidenced even later when we read in the Gospels, after Jesus was crucified, Nicodemus takes the body of Jesus down and and assists in giving a proper burial because he has a love for this man. He knows that there's something more to this man than, you know, what the, all the rest of the Pharisees may think. He said, you don't receive our testimony, though. And he says, listen, Nicodemus, you're coming to me trying to figure out all these answers and want to know what to say. If I've told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And you know, Jesus used parables so often in, in the same regard, where he gave a story and tried to give a homely illustration to convey spiritual truths. A lot of people heard that. They scratched their head and was like, I don't know what he's talking about, and walked away. But the people that were hungry, they came closer. They may have thought on those stories over and over again, thinking, man, I can't get away from what he said. I don't understand what it means, but I, I just, I can't get away from it. And they're thinking about it again and again, and suddenly the revelation dawns on them, and he's telling them, If you can't get these little homely illustrations, these earthly things about the wind and being born again, if you can't get these things, how am I going to tell you any deeper truths? How are you going to pass this along to the Pharisees and the religious leaders if you can't get this small truth? And that was the thing about Jesus. When he went out speaking, he spoke to the common person. He wasn't trying to speak over top of their heads like the Pharisees often would have done in Sadducees. He was speaking directly to the common people and they loved it. Because they were oppressed in sin just like everybody else, and they wanted deliverance. And when Jesus came, he was speaking truth, and he gave hope to them when they were hopeless. And he says, Nicodemus, no one has ascended into heaven, except he who, ha- who, was, who descended from heaven, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now he's taking a little bit of Nicodemus's learning and pulling it right in front of his face and applying. The Son of Man would have been a prophetic utterance that you find in the book of Daniel. That was referring to the Messiah. Right here, Jesus is conveying to him, I'm the Messiah. And the Messiah is going to be lifted up, just like that serpent on the pole that you know about with Moses. When people were getting bit by these poisonous snakes, they looked up to that serpent on the pole and they were spared. Their lives were saved. He said, so is the Son of Man, the Messiah, the one whom you are talking with right now, 
is going to be lifted up on a pole, that, the cross really, that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. So now he's telling him basically, here's how you become born again, by believing on this true Messiah. They had an idea that they were going to get a, a political Messiah, a revolutionary Messiah that was going to come in and wipe out the oppressive Roman Empire. That's what they thought was going to happen. However, Jesus is telling him an entirely different picture, and Nicodemus, is, his, his brain is a train wreck right now. His mind is like he can't grasp this, and yet he knows it's truth. You, isn't it astounding how Jesus is so patiently teaching this religious leader what the truth is? He's not just pushing him off to the side. Sometimes, if you're listening to this and you're not one of these you know, religious people like Nicodemus, you might look with you know, uh, disdain towards somebody who's more religious and think they just don't get it. They don't get it. You know what? Jesus took time with the religious people just as he took time with the regular normal people that are walking out on the streets. He took time with all of them because he loved all of them and wants all of them to be saved. And there's a different place in God's kingdom for every single kind of person, just like there would be for Nicodemus if he gave his life to Jesus. God has a plan for that man. And we don't know really what happened with Nicodemus, except that he had a tender heart towards Jesus. Then he explains to Nicodemus in a very frank ways of what to happen. So here it is for you religious listener. This is the crux of the gospel. God so loved the world, this sin-cursed, wicked, disgusting world that hates God. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. And Jesus and the Father are one, but manifested in different ways. That whoever believes in him, that is in Jesus, should not perish, but have eternal life. We're going to die as far as this physical body is concerned, but he said, you will not perish into everlasting hell. You'll have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come here to condemn the world, but he came in order that the world might be saved through him. So whoever believes in Jesus isn't condemned because Jesus came to save, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment. Here's where the judgment and condemnation comes, Nicodemus, and to you, religious listener, that light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So you religious listener, you may be thinking to yourself, well, I do good. I haven't done wickedly. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I try to be nice and kind to people. Yes, but that's not good enough. That's not what's going to get you into heaven. If that were the case, Nicodemus wouldn't have needed to come here and talk with Jesus because he was doing the law. He was doing everything right. But Jesus kind of said to him, you're lacking something here. You need to be born again. And so do you, religious listener. What does that mean? How do I get born again? Or any listener, how do you become born again? Well, he said, first of all, you have to agree with God's verdict here. And God's verdict is that when his light is cast on your pathway, you're condemned already. You're condemned if you do not believe savingly upon Jesus Christ. If you have not repented of your sins and trusted Christ alone to save you and radically transform you, the light of God comes on your heart. And if you're stepping away from it because you're afraid of what you see, you're already condemned. But if when you step in that light and you see the awfulness of your own heart and your condition and you continue to stay in the light, you are not far from the kingdom. Because God wants to show us the sickness of our soul 
so that when he offers us the remedy, his own son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross in yours and my place, it makes sense. Jesus is an addition, isn't an addition to my life, but he is my very life. And that is what the gospel is. Jesus is my very life. So religious listener, you must be born again. So where are you? Have you been born again? Have you repented of your sins? Forget about all your church attendance and your good deeds and all that kind of... Has the Spirit entered your life? Like Jesus said in the beginning, the wind blows wherever it wishes, and yet you know it happened. Has there been a radical change? Do you have victory over sin? If you haven't, religious listener, then you can and you need to. Jesus said you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven except you be born again. You must be born again. And if it means that all of the ways you've thought and the traditions you had kind of need to be pushed off to the side and you need to take a fresh look at this Bible again under the guidance of the Spirit, then do it. It's worth it. May God help you. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email gods.resistance at gmail.com. Introduce yourself. Set up a time to meet. I want to meet with you. I want to coach and help you further to walk with God. Make sure to like and follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Gab. There's going to be more preaching and uh, teaching to help you on your journey. Connect with our website as well. You'll find some helpful tools there. You're going to connect with other people on their journey. Tell your friends about this broadcast every Sunday at 9 a.m. and about our podcast and social media. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.